Good morning. It is so lovely to be with you all today. Happy Mother's Day. Um, as, as Sam mentioned, my name is Jemima, um, and it is lovely to spend my Sunday morning with you. Um, you may know that we are in the season of Lent. And Lent is the time after Jesus' baptism where he goes into the desert and spends 40 days. And there he's, he's tempted by the devil. So Lent is a time for reflection and prayer and preparation. And it's a time for us to do that as we look forward to Easter Day when Jesus is resurrected. So I have been spending some time preparing and reflecting on our passage for this morning. And that is Luke chapter 12, verse 35 to 40. And it is the parable of the watchful servant. It reads, be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning like the servants waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they immediately can go and open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. We'll have them recline at the table and we'll come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night towards daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You must also be ready because the son of man will come and the hour went at an hour when you do not expect him. This morning, I want to speak to you all about the journey to faithfulness. Jesus often teaches in parables, and these are small stories with big meanings. And often they would teach us three things. They would teach us about the kingdom of God, the character of God, and how we can live in light of knowing who God is. So firstly, this parable teaches us to get ready. In verse 35, it says, be dressed, ready for service. I live um, on the first floor of my building and you have to go up a flight of stairs. I, I think it's two flights of stairs. My husband says it's one flight of stairs. Either way, there's a lot of stairs to the front door. And I'll often um, go to Sainsbury's and I have this habit, like I'm just gonna grab some milk. And I end up coming back with the whole of Sainsbury's. And I know I'm gonna struggle to get all the shopping up the stairs. So when I'm a few minutes away, I normally call Carl, my husband, and I'm like, right, get your shoes on, get your coat on, come down the stairs, get ready. Come and meet me, get ready, I'm coming. And similarly, I think that's what Jesus tells us to do in verse 35. He says, be dressed, ready for service, like the servants waiting for their master's return so that when he comes and knocks, you can immediately open the door for him. I personally like the New King James version of it. It says, let your waist be girded. You know, that's a strong word. It doesn't mean just get ready, it means be ready, it's like a stance, a position of readiness. It's the same stance that an athlete would take just before they're ready to sprint 100 meters. So it's a position of strength and of precision. 
And in that moment of readiness, Jesus is telling us, be alert, be focused, be single-minded, be prepared to take action. In 1 Kings 18, we are told that Elijah girded his waist as he ran down the mountain and outran the king's chariot. In the book of Exodus, it says that the Israelites were commanded to eat the Passover meal while their waist was girded so that they would be ready to go as soon as God told them. And in Proverbs 31, we read about a woman who sets an example for other women and for generations to come. And it says that her waist was girded with strength. To be ready, to be girded, to be waiting on God is not a passive position. It is a stance of power. I don't know every person in this room. I don't know your story. And maybe once upon a time you were ready You were ready to run that race. But over time, you have become tired of waiting. And maybe you were hoping to see God move in a particular situation in your life. And over time now, the thought of God making an appearance just seems like wishful thinking. You know, this parable, however, tells us that this is a reality, that Jesus is coming And it teaches us to be like the watchful servants, to put God before all else, before our schedules, before our routines, and even in this case, before sleep. And I know that is hard to do, to boldly put God first in a culture that constantly reinforces that what we want, our individual desires is what matters. In a world where there is no objective truth, But that just simply isn't true. There is something, no better yet, there is someone more important than our individual desires and goals, even more important than our careers and our titles. And that someone is Jesus. This parable teaches us to focus on Jesus, that he is the purpose of our life. No matter what the world says, God is real. He is unchanging. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving. In him is life and truth, and he is coming back. Secondly, remain faithful even in your waiting. In verse 38, it says, it will be good for those whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night. We are all encouraged to avoid waiting at all costs. You know, we literally have Amazon same-day delivery now. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. You know, do you know if you pay a few pounds more on Uber Eats, you can have your food delivered to your house just that little bit quicker. So surely, waiting is a thing of the past. You know, this is an era of unimaginable technological advancement I mean, what's the point of your phone doing an update if it's just as slow as yesterday when you wake up? You know, I was, um, I was printing off some work the other day, and my printer had the audacity to tell me it was warming up. I was like, no, this printer needs to go. Sometimes it is disappointing to wait But the journey to faithfulness requires waiting. 
And waiting is uncomfortable. It doesn't feel nice. Waiting can feel like something is wrong with us. Something is wrong with our prayers, with our circumstances. And other times, waiting can feel like our constant state of existence. Never quite clear where we're waiting to go or where we're waiting to come from. And when we live in this period, this in-between state, it can start to wear us down, especially if we have been waiting to see God move in a particular situation in our life, waiting for God to answer a prayer, waiting for God to heal a relationship, waiting for God to provide financially, or waiting for God to heal our body. But in our waiting is the opportunity for our faith to grow. It is in our waiting that we realize just how deeply dependent we are on the faithfulness of God. The servants in this parable waited because they knew that God is faithful in his coming. And the Bible doesn't just tell us to wait, it actually tells us how to wait well. In Psalm 5.3 it says, wait expectantly. In Psalm 33, 20, it says, wait in hope. In Psalm 27, 14, it says, wait on the Lord. Be strong, take heart, wait on the Lord. Jesus tells his followers that in the future, following him will require patient waiting and being faithful even when life is hard. We are repeatedly told in this world that our desires are to be met with quick wins and that something that doesn't satisfy that immediately is just not worth it. But Jesus, in fact, promises us the opposite of that. Eugene Peterson describes true discipleship as long obedience in the same direction, which means not giving up even when times get tough. Waiting on God requires confident expectation. And this expectation is rooted in the knowledge of his faithfulness. So lastly, we can remain faithful because God is faithful. The Hebrew word for faithful is emet, which means truth. Yeah, Emet describes a reliable and stable character, people who are trustworthy, the Bible says that God is full of emet, which means he is faithful, dependable, trustworthy, that he is consistent in his character. Now, if I'm honest with you, there are times when I struggle to really grab hold of that. You know, for most of my life, I was raised by my single mother. And I, I never knew my dad, even to this day, I still don't know who my dad is. And my mom struggled as a single parent. She turned to alcohol as a way of coping. And yeah, she made some parenting mistakes, but she was my mom and she tried and she loved me. When I was 20 years old, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And a few short years later, she passed away. There are some of you sat here or even watching online at home and today is a good day. Today is a day of joy and celebration. It's Mothering Sunday. And some of you, maybe you have a story similar to mine. Maybe today is a particularly difficult day that comes with its own challenges. 
You are not alone. And if we, in fact, look up from our immediate circumstances, we will see that there is a wealth of maternal figures around us, aunties and sisters. We have godmothers and stepmothers and spiritual mothers and even our very own friends. Every year on September 27th, um, I celebrate my mum's birthday. But last year, on that very same day, it was particularly special because my son, Judah, was born. And on that day, my friends gathered around me where we were able to see God's faithfulness amongst the lost. The thing is, faith requires us to trust and trusting anyone can be a challenge. But this parable invites us to trust God, not in ourselves and our own abilities, not in our parents or our partners or our friends even, but to trust in the faithfulness of God. Can I tell you something? You know, I don't know if Google definition would agree with me, but for me, my definition of faithfulness is the story of Jesus. All of God's promises have been fulfilled in Jesus on the cross. Paul tells us in Romans 15, Jesus came on behalf of God's faithfulness. And we can be faithful because God is faithful, even to the point where he gave us his only son. John 3:16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not die but have eternal life. It doesn't say that he thought we were okay, no. It says he so loved us. He so loved us. And that is what is unique and special about this parable. Yes, the servants loved the master, but the master loved them too. In verse 37, it says, truly I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. He will have them recline at the table and he will come and wait on them. The master loved them too. God loves you. When you've been waiting for a long time, we can, it's easy to fall into this place of disbelief. You know, you start to tell yourself, God doesn't love me. God doesn't care about what's going on in my life. God doesn't even know my name. God is not faithful to me. And I know that I have often found myself in this back and forth between faith and fear. And a lot of the time, I allow my worries to overwhelm me. But in those moments when I lack faith, in those moments when I lack hope, that's when I become so much more thankful for the faithfulness of God. And maybe some of you here are feeling discouraged. Maybe life has not gone as you had planned it. But Jesus says in this parable, it will be good. He tells us there is no guessing about the end. He says, when the master returns, it will be good. So just to close here, I'd love to remind you that ultimately, our journey to faithfulness is our journey to Jesus, our journey closer to the very heart of God, and our journey does not end. If you are alive, then you are on a journey. If you are an older person and it feels like the world has written you off, God has not forgotten you. He has not forgotten the dreams that he has put in your heart. 
And if you are a young person, God is faithful to his word and he knows the vision that he's given you. God is faithful to every generation. But maybe this morning, you need to hear this, that God is faithful to forgive, that God is faithful to heal, that God is faithful to restore all that is broken. And God is faithful in his love for you. So if you are able, I'd love to invite you to stand with me as we pray. Lord, we thank you that you are good. Lord, that you are the definition of faithfulness, that you are love, that in you is life and truth. Lord, we ask that you would come, come Holy Spirit, that you would fill us once again, that you will remind us of your goodness. Lord, I pray that we will be able to lay down anything that we put our faith in and return it to its rightful place. Lord, we find ourselves at your feet. We ask, Lord, that you will remind us that you are faithful. So come, Holy Spirit.